We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Your guy Cody here, along with my friend from the Factually Football Podcast, Adam Hensley. Adam, well, we had uh, we had had this idea to do this podcast, and then the Colts come out today, and they decide to bench Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger, so there is a new QB1 in town, so that kind of partially answers one of the questions that we're going to answer today. Not fully, clearly, but... Uh, we, how are you doing? First off, what are your initial reactions to this news that now the Colts have? You know, at one point their third quarterback listed on their depth chart is now their QB one and Sam Ellinger. Yeah, I'm going to go two thoughts, and then we can obviously go down either path. But so my initial thought is, it seems like Frank Reich's blaming the players for performance, which I don't think is the case. That's my initial knee jerk. Um, when you make a move at QB1, you're saying it's a player-based issue, and I think it's a schema and a coaching staff-based issue. And second of all, I think Chris Ballard probably needs to answer for if you make a move to a QB1 that was already on your roster and you gave away so much to – I mean, it wasn't a massive amount, right? Other people gave away more to get other veteran quarterbacks, but you gave away stuff and you had a guy on your roster. So if those are two – if we are going with what Frank Reich says – they both need to answer for those is my knee jerk. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, and you know, it's kind of funny, you know, like him or hate him. Greg Doyle did bring up a good point. It's like, how is your quarterback? How is he third on your depth chart? And now all of a sudden he's become your starter, you know, all in the span of a couple months here. I mean, that is a legitimate question. Like, you know, I think that is a legitimate question there. And, uh, so kind of bringing into kind of the topic of this episode here is like I put out a tweet earlier today, obviously, before the Ellinger news. Um, you know, how would you put these in order of issues for the 2022 Indianapolis Colts? I listed three options. We kind of touched on each one of them here. GM, coaching staff and players. And so I figured we could kind of just dive right into it, although I kind of know, I think, where you're going to go with this, Adam. You know, being a coach yourself, um, you understand a lot of this stuff, you know, that probably a lot of us don't who have never really coached, um, you know, at, at any level. Um, so, you know, if you had to put it right now, we saw the Colts make a move, you know, a player move, but if you had to put it from number three all the way to number one, where would you rank these three in terms of problem? 
I think your initial, your biggest problem to start at the top down, I, I think is coach. I think it's schema. Um, as we talked about on our podcast, it's been a couple of weeks ago now. If you actually look at Frank Reich statistically over his tenure as a coach, other than the year they went to the Super Bowl in Philly, I think we homered it a little bit here. We thought he was the next Messiah. We thought he was the right answer. But let's not forget he was our second choice. Um, there's probably a reason he was our second choice. Um, and unfortunately, that fruit is coming to bear itself right now, in my opinion. Um, schemas are what makes the game. Um, at the end of the day, the players make the plays, but you've got to put them in the right position to make the plays. I think if we want to look any further than the defense, I, I don't know that we even need to. The defense is doing everything in their power. Um, there was not an offensive touchdown scored this week, and we still lost a football game, yet we have a supposed offensive genius um, as a head coach who's so smart he won't allow anyone else to call the plays, and he calls all the plays, yet we're not scoring points. To me, I think it starts and stops there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I kind of had a couple thoughts. I think the first one was exactly what you said, right? If you know, It's very, very... Um, I don't know the word, I guess, you know, it's very, it's it really goes after Frank Reich, I guess. And it really is to his detriment. You know, if the defense was struggling, okay, you have an excuse a little bit more, you have a little bit more wiggle room, but it's your unit. The reason you got brought in is the reason this team is not winning football games. That's my thought is like, you can't get away from yourself and what you you claim are your strengths if your strengths are actually the weaknesses of the team that tells me that you are part of the issue you know of this football team being where it's at right now you know I mean you look at all the statistics the Colts are one of if not the worst offense in the NFL right now you know um, and you've brought in so many other veteran quarterbacks which I think also talk about the GM and I'm sure we'll get into that um, but you know your offense just let's be honest it just stinks right now yeah. And the, the big thing that really frustrates me and irritates me, Adam, is I don't think from a pure talent standpoint, this Colts offense is a bad offense. I mean, you have Michael Pittman, you have Jonathan Taylor, you have Alec Pierce, you have Paris Campbell, you have Naheem Hines, you have Jelani Woods, you have Kylan Granson, you know, all guys who have proven when they've gotten opportunities, they've proven they can make plays. I mean, these guys all have. And you yeah. just don't use them. I mean, but even last yesterday against Tennessee, you did not use your tight ends at all. And this is a unit, a group collectively, that had over 100 yards against Tennessee a couple weeks ago. And you just flat out don't refuse to use them for some strange reason. And it's just different things like that. We've seen it through the years of Naheem Hines just not getting involved for some strange reason. When your offense was sputtering, you just didn't get him involved. And JT, only 10 carries yesterday. Like, just things like that that just make you scratch your head. And it's like, it almost seems like, Adam, the Colts and Frank Reich make it so much more difficult on themselves than it should be as an offense. Yeah, it just feels like it's next excuse down the line. You and I were texting before this podcast today, and like, I, I didn't do it because I'm not an audio editing genius, but I literally want to take his last, all of the losses that we have, I want to, or and the tie, because to me that's a loss. I'm a man. You win or you lose. I apologize if that offends anyone, but like you either win or lose. You can't get a tie. So take all four of those losses. I feel like the excuse is exactly the same, but the problem still remains. Like 
it, now it's a Sam Ellinger versus Matt Ryan thing. Before Jonathan wasn't getting the traction, which is the whole reason they didn't run him in the one game last time that he had 10 carries. Well, he averaged six yards a carry. Um, at one point it was, we weren't getting enough separation. Credit to my buddy, Matt Morris. Um, he sent me a thing in week three or four. The Colts have two of the top 10 people in route separation in the NFL. And at that point, Paris Campbell was number eight and Kylan Granson was number two. And that was in week three or four. So it just feels like he's got this excuse tree he's working down. When in reality, he's isn't putting himself on the chopping block. I, I think he's crying for Jim Ursay to do what he knows Ursay should do, which is there's no reason Frank Reich should have delivered that press conference today. And it shouldn't have been Jim Ursay saying, we've decided to take a different direction. Um, it, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't even know where you go. I, I don't have an answer there from a head coaching standpoint, but you've got to cut the cancer out. And for me, to allow a guy to stay in position that isn't executing and keeps a guy like Matt Pryor in who consistently is underperforming no matter what metric you want to measure him on and refuses to go away from him so much so that they're going to move a guy like Braden Smith out of his Pro Bowl position to put him in a different position only to keep Matt Pryor to attack. Like it just to me is overwhelmingly like data driven based. He's, He's a problem, and and it's very unfortunate that Mr. Ursay has yet to step up and say, "That's it. I hear you, fans. We appreciate you, season ticket holders, which I know you know my family is, and you are as well, Cody." It, I'm concerned that he's going to cause a baseball strike style issue for Colts fans to go to games in the future. It, it's getting to that point, I think, with this regime. Mm. I hope it doesn't get to that point because. Yeah, that just that would just be very unfortunate, you know, for everybody involved. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's been a consistent issue, you know. Like I've had qualms with Reich in the past, and the offense has generally been good enough to win, right? And for the most part, so I haven't really like those haven't really come to anything. And, and every play caller has issues at times, yeah. but it seems like for whatever reason, Adam, you know, basically the Jacksonville game last year, all the way to here, this offense just has not picked up the slack. Like and people are regressing. Players that were once Pro Bowl All Pro players, they are regressing. You know, and you can throw in the injury, which I get that. There's some guys who are injured, getting a little bit older. But at the same time, how can all these guys who played at Pro Bowl All Pro levels only like a year or two ago, all of a sudden be playing so poorly? I think to me that has to say this is a coaching issue too. You know, because you can't have all these players playing poorly, including Kenny Moore in that conversation. Like, so I don't really understand how that can happen and how the drop off, like if it's a player or two, I get it. It happens. But if it's like three, four, five players, to me, that screams less about the players. Well, the players do have to take, you know, accountability. Also, it's a coaching issue as well. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I, I, I think it goes back to the same statement about Ursay, right? I just had this conversation with another coach of mine uh, the other day. We were talking about how you build competitive nature. How do you build culture around a football program? And I think taking that into this scenario, if you don't set a accountability culture from day one, which is what the Colts have preached 
but then the facts show that they don't have accountability culture because Frank has a job when he fails and he doesn't pass the play calling off when his offense doesn't do well. I think it starts to trickle down. I think inherently some of these players that are regressing are regressing because they don't feel like it's play well or lose your spot or play well or lose your job no matter what it is. It's like he says the one thing that he says in his presser all the time. We evaluate every player on every play and da-da-da-da-da. It's, it's the same thing, literally. Record, rinse, and repeat. Um, but the reality is, is the main person who's saying that is the person that's never held accountable. So as a player, if I see that, do I start to wonder, well, if I have a few bad plays, is it going to matter? What's that going to look like? And I got to be honest, it starts to trickle down. And I don't even know if it's, I don't know if he's putting the guys in a position to win all the time. I mean, we saw what happened this week with Paris Campbell, 10 catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. Did Paris run a route any different? I highly doubt it. Did he do what he's done every single week? Probably. So explain to me why this week he got 10 catches and there's weeks where he's had no catches and no targets. Like it's just the inconsistency in the way that people handle themselves in day to day. And this is part of me and my sales role, like the inconsistency of individuals and the way they interact on a day to day basis carries over in so many areas. And I feel like Frank Reich's inconsistency and lack to jump to the next new fad or be the next smart guy has carried over into our team's performance. And that to me is, it's a fireable offense. It would be if I did it at my job. I mean, yeah, if you didn't exactly. help the kids consistently at your job, right? If you yeah. weren't the consistent leader and the consistent Christian staple that you are for your kids at your job, would you have your job? Probably not. What's going on, everybody? Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also check out different sign-up codes and promotions that are going on on the website to make sure you're getting the best deal possible on your sports bets. Some of the key features they include are handicapping, you get live play-by-play updates, you get live scores and bet tracking as well, player statistics, key game statistics when you make these picks. You also get projected game day weather. Basically everything you need to make sure you're making the most informed bets as possible. Including that, you also have a bet tracker which allows you to keep records of all your games and your betting activities so you won't miss a thing. Guys, be sure to go check out oddstrader.com slash bluewire and check out oddstrader today, the number one site for all your game day bets. Right, exactly. I mean, that goes for any job, right? Like, you know, you have to do your job well not to, to keep your job. And you're right. I mean, I think it trickles down to the locker room as well, right? We've seen it. Like, just this – and it's, it's funny, Adam, because for as much as the coach preach about the locker room, the locker room, the locker room, it seems like recently the locker room's kind of stunk in Indianapolis. Like, no guys are holding guys accountable. They talked all the time. They talked about lack of accountability, right, after last season. And they were like, we're going to get account- guys that are going to hold people accountable. And the same issues are happening, and nothing is being done to fix it. To me, that's still an accountability problem. And you've changed coaches, you've changed personnel, but the same thing that's been consistent through it all has been the head coach. And to me, you're right. I mean, I think there's no other excuse. And people try to just say, well, give Frank this, give Frank that. I mean, you've given Frank different things. 
the only thing you really haven't given him, right, is is a guy that you've drafted at quarterback. That's like literally the only thing you haven't given him. Um, but you know, the, the the team just now it seems like this this locker room it, it's trickled down into its head coach and what this identity is, and it's just a team full of excuses. Yeah. This is a team full of excuses, a team that's not willing to hold each other accountable. And especially on the offense, right? Especially on the offense, just an issue. And the fact that the Colts won't make moves. Like, why is Matt Pryor even touching the field still? There's no reason for that to happen, you know? So it just continues to trickle down. What would be your number two then? If you had, if you had to say number one was the head coach and the coaching staff in general, what would be your number two? I would say GM. We talk about personnel. You know, thanks for the TL. You know, we talk about personnel, right? And And those decisions and... There's a million different conspiracy theories out there about the Ballard and Wright connection and all of that good stuff. But like, as a GM, your job is to put the best group of players together. And I think the Colts have done a really good job of assembling a very morally sound team. I think that we haven't addressed the football product on the field as much as we've addressed the moral compass that our players have had um i think it started with tony dungy bringing that in that which to me must start at the ursa family i don't know i'm not that involved with the organization day to day um but to me that is one thing that stayed fairly consistent you know it, it seems to be a fairly um god-driven program um and it, i really do kind of denote that to when tony dungy was here um, got away from that a little bit with the Picano crew, but I mean, everybody's still been like a moral compass, great person or player. And I think it's almost gone to a neglect fact of the product they're putting on the football field. Now I'm not saying go to your local jail and pick out the best football player and put them on your team. I'm not, I'm not going that direction, but at some point, I think Chris Ballard has made the right moral decision for how his players act off the field. And he's grossly underrated what that translates to on the field. I think even like, you know, not using free agency, you know, when you needed to, you know, sometimes you dip into it, but you need to dip into it more. Like you've needed to dip into it more in the past. And then even like neglecting your own guys that were key parts of your team. Right. I mean, you, you even think from last year, the, the, the transitions the Colts have made, Right in terms of replacing players, I mean, my goodness, you go from Rocky Sin, who's one of the best corners and best young corners in the league, you replace him with Brandon Faison. Essentially, you go from Martin Lewinsky, who is one of the better guards in the league, you know, and you replace him with Danny Penter, who's been benched, and then you know, just it goes on and on. Like you let guys like Danico Watry walk, like you let key guys go that really would have helped you out, and in my mind, you failed to address two of the most important positions in all of football, Matt, in all, in all of football, Adam, and that being the quarterback and that being the left tackle. I mean, how in the world did the media and people let Chris Ballard get away with selling Matt Pryor at left tackle? It's, it's baffling to me. That because we we're too nice. Yeah. We didn't have enough Doyle in us. I, <laughs> I appreciate Doyle's statement today. I'm not usually a huge Doyle fan, so I'm not going to come in here and act like I, I usually am. But – I love it because I think he said exactly what we're all thinking is fans and as people who report on the team. Frank, I'm confused. Nine days ago, you told us Sam Ellinger wasn't the number one guy. And that's a Chris and Frank decision, right? 
I mean, that is a personnel-based decision. So they thought enough of him to keep him on the roster, and then they didn't think enough of him to bench him in favor of Nick Foles. And then they thought enough of him to raise him above Foles but not Ryan, and now all of a sudden a week later he's the best thing since sliced bread, and he's always had something special. Yeah. Well, which one is it? How can you not be consistent? And he was in-house. Why did you play Russian roulette with all the different quarterbacks? Why'd you let Jacob Eason go? I mean, I'm not saying Jacob Eason's a better example here, but like it to me says this isn't about drafting Frank Reich a quarterback because he hasn't shown the ability to develop guys back to where they were in their career prior to coming here. He supposedly was this great quarterback whisperer, right? And I think Chris Ballard, and, and that's why I put him second, I think he's taking a back seat a little bit to Frank. And it's almost like he's getting that order pushed down of like, hey, we really trust where Frank's going. We really trust where Frank's going. You got to follow his vision. And so I think some of that blame maybe goes on on Ballard. You know, I wouldn't discount backdoor conversations around, oh, you got to keep this guy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, have you seen who we're talking about trading for right now? Austin Corbett, the right guard out of Carolina, and getting Chris Reed back. If I'm not mistaken, I think actually at one point Austin Corbett was on our roster, or he was on our radar, and we didn't sign. Yeah. So, again, that's the only reason I put Ballard second. It feels like the organizational chart is a little askew here. It feels like it almost goes Ursay, head coach, GM. Yeah, and then, of course, the players need to be held accountable, too, because, yeah. uh, I mean, the players are not performing offensively at all. I mean, certain players, not every player, because certain players are. Like, Matt Ryan was not holding up his end of the bargain. I get he was getting hit a lot. The offensive line was terrible. All those offensive linemen were playing bad. Um, but Matt Ryan, you know, look at all the turnovers. He was costing the team, like, even yesterday, throwing that pick six. Just things like that. Um, you know, three turnovers again from him, like, you know, it's just like the players were not holding up their end of the bargain. Like Frank Reich said, like, you know, we told Matt, like, we didn't up our we didn't hold up our end of the bargain, which is true. But Matt also didn't hold up his end of the bargain either. So, I mean, I think, you know, players need to be held accountable just as much as anybody, yeah. especially this offensive line and this quarterback, because you are paying these guys a ton of money to be the worst offense in the NFL. That is unbelievable. That's inexcusable. Well, and I think when you have put it in that offensive line's hands the last couple of weeks, in fairness, I think, you know, Matt Ryan got pressure on him, but they can't control, you know, short of Quentin Nelson doing what he did the one year that you have the soundbite of him going over to the sideline saying, run the ball, RTDB, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have that visual clip. I mean, short of him doing that, they gave their running back 10 carries. He got six yards a carry, and they didn't use him more than 10 times. Yet they add Naheem Hines in on a second and second and goal from the four-yard line. You really think Naheem Hines is going to break through that line better than Jonathan Taylor? Because that's what you're telling your team. You're telling your team they don't have the ability to block somebody at that point. And Naheem Hines' receiving ability is more important than Jonathan Taylor's running ability. What's that tell you if you're a player? Ugh awful <laughs> just awful all the way around there's no way and i feel bad for this defense because the defense is is playing like a playoff defense that's the unfortunate part so i feel for some of these guys like the buckners and the gilmores who are playing at a very high level i mean the rest of this defense too that you know, this offense just simply is not holding up 
it's end of the bargain due to a lot of factors, you know, all three, honestly, the GM, the coach and the players. So, uh, yeah, unless you had anything else, Adam, I think that about covers it kind of talking about, uh, all three of these where we'd kind of rank them. We have coach number one GM and then the players, any other thoughts, Adam, before we hop off of here? Not really. I mean, just to kind of dovetail off your defensive statement, one of the concerns I have is we've got some players coming into contract years. Um, this is overall, not just on defense, but I don't think that the defensive players should be unfairly judged by the overall team performance. Um, we've got a lot of younger guys coming out, right? I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Isaiah Rogers coming close to a contract? I think Okariki's coming close. We've got a lot of guys that are coming into pivotal years. Um, from a, yes, our offense isn't performing, but make sure team, Chris Ballard, no, I'm going to cut Ballard and Reich out of it. Make sure Jim Ursay, you pay the guys who have given you the performance and are the moral compasses off the field. Don't just, you know, don't just pay them to be a moral compass. We've seen how that goes. And unfortunately, offensively, we're, we're on that right now. I, that's my big concern is that the wrong people are going to bear the brunt of in fairness, a, a five-year run of mediocrity. Yeah. I mean, you look at this this regime, right? Zero division titles, never won a, an opening game, you know, and he made the playoffs twice and won one playoff game. Like, that's just honestly not good enough. Frank Reich said in his presser, that's not good enough. You know, your, your expectation is championship level. You know, every single year you're competing for a Super Bowl, and this team hasn't even really come close, if we're being completely honest, because they've neglected some important positions, because they haven't put their players in the right positions, and because the players simply haven't performed either at certain points. So all three of those factor into this, but we kind of guys wanted to just talk about the three reasons, kind of give our ranking of these three. And let's be honest, guys, I think I can speak for you, Adam, as well. As Colts fans, we don't want to be on here talking about this. That's the last thing we want to be talking about. But that's kind of where we're at, man. That's kind of where this team is at right now. And uh, I guess, you know, kind of flipping it to a positive here with Sam Ellinger, we'll see, man. Maybe he does turn out to be something that the Colts like, like a hidden gem. And if he's not, <laughs> you get your franchise quarterback, ideally for the first time in a long time. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. Been cranking out a lot of content today. Thank you, Adam, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Um, guys, be sure to go check out our other channel uh, over at Factually Football. I will drop a link in the description, so be sure to go subscribe to that. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Have a good week, all. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.